0: Hey everybody, Josh Sheridan here with the Barely Legal Podcast. Today is a big day for me because this band, this person from this band is and I don't I don't mean to blow smoke up skirts or give undue lip service but I probably listen to them at least once a day. I have uh, Elliot Mayo who works with me uh, to thank in a lot of ways for introducing me to this band. Um, I have Keith olray to thank for selling me their vinyl. But Horsewhip is is a, a constantly, you know, when I'm prepping motions, getting ready for court, I need to get a little bit aggro. I get the Horse Whip going and it gets me right where I need to be. So we've got Alex Bond on the show today. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you so much for having All me. All right, appreciate you are kind of a interesting character because this band in in some ways is kind of a super super group, as it were. I mean, there's a lot of history
1: in this band. Yeah, with the exception of myself, yes, it is.
0: Well, but that tells me <laughs> something because all these other guys had to bring that baggage with them to get in. And they said, Well, this guy's got the chops, we're just pulling him in. Doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what he's done. So um We'll get there though in a minute. So you're somewhat of a new transplant, right? You've been in Florida for about four or five years. Yep, four years now. Coming from Indianapolis, Indianapolis, Indiana, born and raised. Exactly. And uh, bond. Is that a WASPy Englishy Scottishy? What's your background? Uh,
1: from what I know, I'm mostly Irish. Okay, which would explain why well, uh, we have like eight beers open eight beers on our table right us. now. Yeah, yeah, probably. This
0: this episode is brought to us by Magnanimous <laughs> Brewing, who is going to have a shit face by the end of it. Wonderful brewery. All right, you got the crawl going, and I got the Vogel. All right, yes. Sorry, sir. they don't pay me any money, but I just like them. So anyway, go ahead. So, Indianapolis
1: um, size Irish family, big family, Catholic family. Um, my mom, well, actually both my mom and dad's side were huge families. Um, my mom had six siblings. My dad has like six or seven. Yeah. Um, I didn't really know my dad's side very well. Um, parents got divorced when I was like six. So I never really got to know them that well. Um, but yeah, my mom's side was huge as well. Um, what was her maiden name? Pontius.
0: Pontius. Is that Greek? Pontius Pilate. Yeah, Roman, Italian. Yeah, I, I remember be. Chris Pontius from uh, from uh, what's the show on on MTV? Where they oh, uh, Jackass. Jackass. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, go up sorry. I, don't I can be one of those too. <laughs> <We're on> Jackass, <laughs> anyway. So Pontius, I wonder what that is because it's got a Roman sound to it. It's got a Greek sound to it. So lots of aunts and uncles on both
1: sides. What yes. about siblings? Um, I have one sister. Okay, she's a few years older. Okay. Yeah. How, how much is a few years? Um, she is forty, forty-three. Yeah. 43. And you're how old? I will be 40 this later. Okay. This month. So three years is a good,
0: I always, I always want to nail down whether or not the older sibling introduces you to music. She
1: did. Okay. For for sure. well, I go. mean, I stumbled upon stuff myself that I showed to her along the way and she was impressed, but like, yeah, she took me into my first uh, punk rock show, my first hardcore show. Uh, for instance, but yeah, we both kind of like helped each other out along the way.
0: And how was life growing up in Indianapolis? Was it, in it was Mormony, good. or was
1: it you know what what was the what as, was- as far as like the city itself, yeah. the atmosphere? Yeah. Um, it was. Let's just say that all I cared about was music, so that's all I explored as a kid. That's all I absorbed as a kid, uh, besides skateboarding. Um, so basically, we had this wonderful all ages, um, DIY collective called the sitcom collective and my first show. Now I can't confirm if that was my first show ever, but I went and saw, um, a band from Bloomington, Indiana called the walking ruins and another band from Bloomington called go man, go, um, at the sitcom, how old were you? Goddamn. I was probably like 11 or 12. Oh, so it, yeah, this got
0: you early. This is around the time I started playing drums. So, wow. Was there music in the household at all? Was there
1: a musical oh, family? Yeah, okay. Definitely. So, so what was playing in the house? So, let's see. Um, after the divorce, um, of course, it was just me, my mom, my sister. Uh, my mom would just blast just the best classic rock around the house. So, like early on, I mean, I was the Discovery Metal at the same time, but um, she would always blast, you know, like The Doors, Fleetwood Mac, Neil Young um, were the big ones. Right. Um, and honestly, I listened to all three to this day. I look at Neil, Young, Fleetwood, yes. Matt. Oh, for sure. Um, love them. Um, but I thought like the doors were always more subversive than the other groups. Right. I mean, obviously Jim Morrison was quite a character in that aspect and just, um, you know, crossed the line every chance
0: he got. Um, was there any interplay do you think, uh, psychologically between the divorce and you kind of. You know, crushing so hard on music, was it an escape? Was it a medicinal? Was it therapeutic or just kind of happened to be around the same time? I don't know. I, th-
1: I think I would just, the, the earliest I can remember, like we moved into this, our, I think it was our second house that I remember. Um, actually, yeah, first house after the divorce. Anyway, it was a sign. I'll tell you that from the start. I was always into music growing up as a kid. I was always interested in musicians, but. On the floor in one of the kids' old rooms on green shag carpet, I find a Motley Crue Shout at the Devil tape, white cassette, you know, <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. school white yeah, cassette yeah. with the pan- pentagram on it. Yeah, yeah. That was the only thing left in that freaking that house. Was
0: when a, we moved that in. was a, yeah. That was, was like right, entry point for here you. Here we go. That was so. never turning back. So, and so then what about drums? How did you find your way to drums?
1: Uh, Motley Crue, I can Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> I mean, I know they're like, Pictured as, like, sexist, awful pigs now, um, as depicted in the media and books and whatnot. But um, as a kid, I mean, that was the stuff that I was into. So, that really influenced me in the beginning. I had no other idea about who the people were. It's just you don't study that stuff as a kid. You just look at them. Well, it's danger. I mean, they're selling danger. They're selling, you know, the other side of the
0: tracks or, you know. So, whatever. It's sexual drugs, religious Whatever it is, it's, uh, you know, here's here's the, the, the straight and narrow. Here's yeah. the other side
1: of it. So, I mean, like, I would just set up. I was an MTV kid. What And yeah. so, I would just set up. 20 like, minutes from Headbangers Ball. Exactly. Yeah. I would set up cardboard boxes and, like, pots and pans and spoons and rulers. and you Start busking in your living room. In front of the TV. Yeah. And just wait for metal videos to come on or Headbangers Ball. And I just beat the shit out of my mom's pots and pans. And she'd come in there. What are you doing? Put those back in the cupboard. And.
0: Um, that's well, funny. Cause most kids are drawn to the guitar, you know, but you're drawn to the drums. No dude. Like Tommy Lee. Yeah. Got me into who some the- of your other drummers at that time.
1: At that time. Yeah. I'm uh, sure it kind of evolves over time, but of course, Lars Ulrich. Yeah. Who is not actually a good drummer. Um, He's a he's a good
0: uh, well, actor. Uh, can, can we put a we, here's what I would like to do. Can we put a pin in <laughs> Lars Ulrich and circle back to Lars Ulrich at we the end? We can because do that. Because I at the time l- he was like one of my main well, fucking A that the the double, double kick drum in one when I saw that I was so I was like oh, yeah. Yeah, I was like that's everything, you know. White sneakers and black yoga pants. It was
1: just it was it was the world, pants. yeah. Um well definitely Lars uh um that Felix Griffin from DRI. Yeah. Uh, Badass motherfucker. Um, Let's see. The big ones in the 80s. Those three were probably the biggest. Um, Let's go more. About Adler. Steven Adler. Yeah. Um,
0: He was okay. But I I mean, he wasn't technically gifted, but I mean, that was probably one of the more well-known drummers from the late 80s. Like you knew who he was. You know, a lot of those bands you didn't
1: yeah i would say charlie from anthrax charlie benanti or yeah, yeah 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 for sure still huge for me to this yeah. day amazing drummer i love anthrax were still. you aware of lombardo back
0: then or did that come yeah. later
1: <laughs> people always get down on me for this yeah. but i was never a huge slayer fan that's okay lombardo is an amazing drummer right. of course everybody knows that yeah he's amazing no doubt but i just never got into slayer i don't know why they were a little bit like of the big four they were the most kind of subversive yeah. and dark of the big four of course there was megadeth um who was the drummer
0: for that i don't even remember
1: well there were a few it was yeah kind of a re- revolving door sure but, um of course um i think uh nick menza was yeah. my favorite uh he came in for rest in peace if i'm not mistaken that was his first album with them i think it
0: was where i stepped on a yeah, her.
1: yeah um of course, Igor from Sipulter. Oh, for sure. Yeah. The Samba um, drums on uh, every time I hear the album Arise, I yeah. just want to like harm myself or someone else, you know. Chaos
0: AD, which was, I think, the next album, Chaos mm-hmm. and Refuse and Resist and all those. I love the like, kind of how they worked in, like that. Like I said, that Samba thing into the drums. It almost yeah. sounds like a really tight tom or really tight snare. You almost sound like they were hitting on buckets. It was pretty I cool. I
1: love tribal drumming. Yeah. Um, I listen to like world music sometimes when. I just don't know what to listen to sure yeah maybe sometimes while i'm cooking yeah um but yeah um of course sepultura are from brazil so that's a big part of their their heritage their upbringing is travel music and of course sepultura incorporated that into their metal um so that got me really into exploring um different types of music you know uh, for sure world music for sure yeah um, we even threw I had an idea to like throw a little bit of treble, like toms, into a song on our last album. I'm like, I think are would appreciate this, and that was Inertia Awaits. show. Waits. but yeah, I did a couple like just drum parts that I. So high school bands, oh god, so a bunch. many bands, yeah, yeah. The in Indianapolis music scene was just as incestuous, if not more than Tampa. The Tampa, scene, yeah, yeah, I would say even more, yeah, because it, it what was, was the first band. Sunday. <laughs> I love first band names. I don't even want to talk about it. That's okay. It was called Shoelace. All right. In our first show, we Pop did. Pop punk? It was more, uh, grunge. Okay. And I'm holding up quotations with my fingers. Um, but yeah, we, our first show ever, we did like, it was right after Kurt Cobain died. Yeah. And we were all wearing dresses. Okay. And half our set was Nirvana covers. Right. Which we, Probably butchered to death, I'm sure. Um, oh, we had tiny little ants. We had no idea about gear. But they'd approve. They'd was, approve of playing it poorly. But, you know, that was kind of where it all began.
0: Sure. So, how old are you when you end up moving to... Well, you you don't move to Florida way later. So, you, you
1: get out of high school. Do you do college? So, I was a high school dropout. Okay. Unfortunately, because um, early on in high school, I made the transition of moving from my mother's house to my father's house, like half an hour north in Anderson, Indiana. And I ended up dropping out. And I wouldn't have if it were just for the fact that I think that town is just so small. and so close-minded. All the kids were brought up by racist parents. Um, Just everyone was a fucking racist in that town. Like Every time a black family moved into that town, they were driven out by the community. And you were aware of that at a young age. just disgusting. Yeah. And I was, uh, when I first moved there, I was probably 15. I think I finally got my first job and moved back down to Indy by myself when I was 17.
0: So, you got about two years is all you could take and head back is it yeah. south.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just a half an hour south. Yeah. And I had a Mohawk and I was like. Do you have pictures of that? No, unfortunately no. not.
0: But, I always have Gabe Etchizabel who writes for uh, Creative Loafing. Every time he references like some picture of himself, I ask him to send it to me and I put it up on the site. So if you have any cool, you know, Mohawk photos, send them to me. I, I can try to dig some out. <laughs> <wildfire. laughs> Good on the sand, Memory lane. So you go back down to Indy and what, what type of work are you doing? My
1: first job ever. Um, okay, so backtrack just a little bit so i had dropped out of high school when i got an offer from um one of my best friends in the world uh dan uh rest in peace he passed away this past december i'm sorry to hear that thank you um he came from uh peoria illinois with his wife at the time uh to start a record store in indianapolis they wanted to move to a bigger city and see if they could like flourish right um So basically it just turned out to be like a three month affair. They rented out this old church building in downtown Indianapolis. And it was also a punk venue, um, called middleman records. Um, so I just basically lived with them for three months. It was the most formative three months of my life. Like sounds amazing. I saw a band every fucking night of the week. Um, I just like did door for them. Um, I worked the counter if people were buying records. Um, just kind of like keeping an eye out for trouble. I, mean, I was just a little kid, but at the same time, I could be like, you know, the spy of the scene. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because I was young and nobody would suspect. Man, yeah. I could, you know, I knew the owners. I would never let people I knew them No, I knew them.
0: Right. Um Do you remember some of the bands you saw? Oh God,
1: yeah. Oh my god. Let's see. Give me highlights. Uh burned up, bled dry. Um World Inferno Friendship Society, um, RIP Jack. He just passed away recently. Um, now some guilty pleasures. I did see Saves the Day there when okay. were, like little kids. Sure. Like me, some emo. So people make fun of me for that a lot, but um, that's part of it too. Um, let's see, Creation, its Crucifixion. Um, God, man, so many bands. Yeah. In like a three month period, the summer of nineteen ninety-eight. What was capacity there? Like a hundred people? Uh, I would say a couple hundred. Okay. Um, but we pushed the boundaries a Yeah. Lot. Yeah. The last show there, and this is not something I was ever into by any means, but UK UK bombs. Yeah. US bombs. US that skater punk. Yeah. Movie? Yeah. Yeah. US they played bombs. at Skate Park at sam Yeah, they're awful people. Um they basically got the venue shut down. Oh really? Yeah. I mean the the singer Dwayne Peters or whatever. Tony
0: Peter's is a big time douchebag. Man. Well, he's a um, douchebag, but he's also like one of the godfathers of skateboarding. And, and that's full the skateboarding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, he clearly looks like I think he's a crackhead or a heroin he issue is. or, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. He was doing all that yeah. around that venue that night. Yeah. It's an all ages DIY venue. Yeah. Anyway, the neighbors always used to complain. And that was the night that, you know, basically broke the camel's back. Like, th- this was the last time the cops were going to come out. Right. Like, he was trying to basically inside a riot and get the you know crowd to fight the cops and right. the cops were just like yeah we're not doing this we're not doing this ever again so they just my friends just kind of gave up and hauled ass back to illinois unfortunately what but year are we talking now this is 1998
0: oh so we still got a long way to go okay so then after that what happens
1: uh with me personally yeah um so that's also the year i dropped out of high school obviously um i just kind of all i wanted to do was music i didn't care if it was diy punk rock or if it's something that was more uh substantial or lucrative like i didn't care i just want to play music like
0: what kind of set were you playing back then
1: a drum set um god they were awful because i didn't have any money um, how did
0: you learn? I mean, was it you just picked it up on
1: your own? Did you do lessons? What did you? What was my mom had bought me like a broken down like Ludwig jazz kit sure. for me when I was eleven. That's how I started. Okay, and I tore that apart. Yeah, like six months. Um, how many pieces? It was it was a four piece. Okay, it's like a gold sparkly like old school jazz kit. Yeah, yeah. sound like shit. And um, so I I made my dad like get me you know just basic like. More modern, like, Mapex kit. It was, like, black. And I was like, oh, it's black. Perfect, yeah. Great kit. Um, Sounded like shit. Um, not a great kit. But it got me through a few years to when I started working jobs on my own. I was able to buy, like, a more modern, like, Yamaha kit. Right. That served me well for a long time. And I worked my way up to. Is the bevel edge the
0: thing? Is that the? I was talking to Woody Bond, and he was saying that's that's where that's that's the sound is the bevel edge is the.
1: I was listening in that episode, uh, and honestly, I have no idea what he's talking about. Okay, like I am completely self-taught. I know nothing about. I googled it and
0: looked it up, and yeah, and so I I only knew after the fact. But yeah, that that was
1: that was something that he thought was important. So I, (laughs) I don't know. I taught myself, and I just. Kind of like stepped up my kits throughout the years. Um, I had a Tama Rockstar kit, okay, uh, for the longest time. I had that up until um, I think the third year of Horsewhip, okay, and then I finally got a custom made D drum kit um, out of Tampa, local company.
0: Okay, we got it. We we skipped we skipped too many yeah, years there. There you go. So um, the the venue closes, the record store closes, and what, what's the story then? Do
1: you just still playing around town, still
0: finding work where you can?
1: Yeah, just kind of just various jobs here and there, retail. Um, I was a janitor at one point. Um, just you know, like I was just kind of a trying to find myself for a long time in my late teens, early twenties. Uh, Indianapolis is notorious in the music scene for like, you know, lots of drugs, lots of alcohol, um, uh, just very kind of toxic.
0: Were you um, able scene. to?
1: So I got caught up in that for a long yeah. time. Um, did a lot of drugs, uh, drank a lot as a kid. Um, but I consistently played in bands. That was like my release. Kind of kept was, you anchored. Got me, Exactly. Yeah. I wouldn't say anchored, but it kind of kept me. Gave you a up, purpose. So gave you a yeah, path forward. That yeah. that's my thing. Um, until I, you know, got a career sense years later, but yeah. So, uh, what, what's kind of the first bigger band? I mean, when do
0: you start touring? When do you start? Is that, does that happen before horse whip? Like where you're, you know, kind of, yeah, so this like, is a legit band. We're playing around. People want to see us type of thing.
1: Yeah. So there was a lithid, a lithid, uh, it the only small tattoo I have, I have here on my body. That's the only one. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. And, um. I was in that band off and on leading up to 2012 off and on for about 17 years oh wow um that just got my feet wet um i was kind of like i hate to say, like the leader of the band sure so i got us like all of our shows i got us our first out of town shows um you know i played the fireside bowl in chicago for the first time because i got on the phone and called brian peterson i was like Dudes, I got us a show at the Fireside Bowl. And right. we were like 17, 18, something like that. Were you writing music at all? Or do you just oh, kinda we yeah? Yeah. I mean, we put out like two tapes and I put out a seven inch for us. Um, and then we we're just trying to play out as much as we could, either locally or out of town. So that kind of got like our, our feet wet. What um, type of music was that compared to horsewhip? Was it? It was kind of a are you familiar with the band majority rule? No. Um, out of DC. It was kind of, they went through a lot of phases. Okay. I would say Litha did as well. We started out as like a crusty punk rock band. Then we went through this phase. I was more like chugga, chugga, hardcore. Yeah. And then we just went like, I heard, you know, what is called, you know, Screamo music for the first time. And it was just blew my freaking mind at the time as a kid. And we just went full on, full on, leaned into it. Chaotic Screamo. And we stuck with that for a long time because that's how we wrote well together. Sure. You felt like you were in your lane. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when I started listening to more bands like that. And I started getting into like more chaotic, hardcore, power violence, um, you know, all the.
0: Any big shows that you open for any big bands or anybody
1: that we know? Um, did some cool stuff. Uh, Gosh, it was so long ago. But anyway, yeah, we we were able to open for like the likes of like 23rd Chapter, right. is Crucifixion, Burned Up, Blood Dry. Um, a lot of cool bands. We opened for His Heroes Gone once. Um, that's all I can remember offhand at the moment. Uh, we were so stoned all the time. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that was a cool like eye opener. And I was like, well, I think, you know, I can do better. Like I want to start touring and I want to do what these bands do that I see on a regular basis because it's really inspiring. Um, so I think the first band I joined that started touring was, um, well, there was John key public, but we were more like, we didn't do a lot of extensive touring just weekend stuff, but there was Sue tech conspiracy. Uh, my first real taste of extensive touring was like, we did a month long East coast tour in 2001. Uh, and how was that? Was that
0: something that you felt like you took to or did you say this is not for me or, you know? Oh, I love it. Yeah. I, I mean, it. touring usually lands one of two ways with people either, yeah. you know, they hate it and they end up quitting or they
1: love it and they do it forever. Yeah. Um, I was hooked. Yeah. Like I was like, this is what I want to do with my life. Right. So you got to money or not all up and down the East Coast. Yeah. We spent a month. And who booked those tours? Was that you or was that? Um, it was actually Layla. Okay. Um, our guitarist who I'm going to name drop here, but she's Please. an amazing guitarist. Um, she's now in, well, she's played in the death metal band Sorrows. Okay. Um, from the West Coast. She's now in Vastum. Okay. As well as Cardinal Worm. Okay. And I think she's done stuff with people for Man is the Bastard, just like side projects. Right. Um, but she really evolved. Um, as a musician as well, and she's in California now. Or? Yeah, she's in California. Yeah, yeah. You guys still talk? Uh, occasionally, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. On
0: Instagram, I always, I always love the stories. I mean, I, I, you know, try to be a student of back in the day with the Minutemen and Black Flag and all this stuff, and listening to them calling up VFWs, calling up all these places, oh, yeah. and it's like. You know, a tank of gas can get us this far. So, now we got to find a venue in this town. And then a tank of gas can get, you know. And literally, it's like gas
1: tank to gas tank, meal to meal, bathroom to bathroom. I mean, luckily, at the time, by by then, by the time I was touring, um, we were still doing email. Uh, still doing phone calls, but not as, not as much. Um, of course, there was Book Your Own Fucking Life, which was um, created by maximum rock and roll right big listing of you know tour spots record stores restaurants across the country that catered to punk rock bands right so we use that a lot um we got really lucky i think i think we only had like one or two drop shows the entire month when you meet paul uh paul williams um that guy yeah <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Um, No, Uh, I don't want to talk about that. (laughs) It's a dark period of my life. (laughs) No, I met that scoundrel, uh, I want to say like 2002, 2003, when I was in a band called Eyes of Jade. Okay. He's an interesting
0: character. I've only recently met him, and it's like... I met him and now all of a sudden I'm like co-promoting. <laughs> it's he's like he's like a he's like, the he's like the borg. He's like the borg, you know, he touches you and all of a sudden he's converted you over and yeah. you're work working with him. It's like you're either with me or you're against me.
1: Exactly. But
0: he's that uh, kind of guy. Yeah. No, I, I dig him. Um so tell me about moving to Florida. Like, like how does that seed get planted?
1: So I met my partner um in spring of 2015. Okay um we got engaged in late 2016. Okay. And we were just unhappy in Indianapolis like his original plan was to sell his house buy an RV and travel around the country. Right. And I was like well. Is he in the scene too? Does he like this music or no? He listens to pop country. Okay. Pop country. Okay. But he tolerates my bullshit. So. Well, my wife's the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we sell his house. We moved down here to St. Pete. We got a really good deal on the house here. And, um, yeah, we just wanted sunshine. We wanted more consistent weather patterns. Um, a lot of negative stuff had, like, just happened to us. And it sure. happen to us And we were just like, you know, let's just go ahead and escape. And were you in the middle of a band at that point? Or did, how did that work? Um no. I think by then all of my bands had, I was not in a solid band. No.
0: Sure. So you came here just, you know, the plan, you'll find something.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. if I want something pretty much, I'll work as hard as I can to get it. I mean, that's kind of my personality. Right.
0: Um. So, so literally, did you just like pick a place on the map or was there anything specific
1: that brought you here? Or? I'd been here before. Oh, okay. Uh, with a former person. I don't even want to talk about think about again gotcha anyway so i just loved saint pete right and i was like well what about saint pete do you want to go down there and just visit, check and it explore? out yeah and um he ended up falling in love with it as well and it's
0: we- got something for everyone i mean it's you know there's definitely at that time you had the food bar and all the you know the band you yeah. know the venues that play that type of music but if you're a country boy or whatever a fisherman or whatever i mean there, there's that too you can kind of serves everybody's you know thing whatever For it may sure. be so uh how long before you're in a
1: in a band down here all right so the story was i was you know determined to you know because we had a little bit of wiggle room from the sale of the house sort of yeah, yeah a little bit of he had a lead on a job already so you know i had a little bit of time to like set up my musical endeavors first sure. before i you know found work because i could unfortunately couldn't transfer with the company i was with even though they're down here right uh, Because of state licensure laws within the medical industry. Uh, it's very complicated um, and annoying. But anyway, so the first thing, you know, I was at the gym every day. I signed up for the gym first thing because cardio every day is something that's just part of my routine. Because of drumming or just for mental drumming, health? Drumming, yeah. mental health, yeah. all that. Yeah. yeah. It's part, it's just a package deal for yeah. me. I, I can't go without. So I'm on the treadmill one day at the gym. And, um, you know, I'm on this... I'm part of this 90s hardcore uh, page on Facebook, um, which is just—it's more nostalgia than anything. Um, yeah. People just list old records that they were into back in the day or old show flares, stuff like that. And I noticed um, our bassist Jeff, Jeff Howe, uh, from Reversal of Man and Combat Wounded Veteran back in the day. Um, you were aware of them at this time? Oh, of course. Yeah. like I okay. knew I was a fan of reversal fan, yeah on that yeah. like even the 90s they sure played in indie um periodically so i'd seen them play before right and, um i was already a fan so i, I saw that he was on this page and i'm like oh here we go i'm just yeah. gonna be so no uh, so no nosy about this yeah. sorry i can't talk um i was like i'm just gonna be really nosy i'll just go ahead and message him directly i was like because he was part of these bands that i really loved and i message him and i'm just like flat out just like Geeking shameless out. about yeah. it i'm just like i didn't say anything about like his bands i didn't want to sure. go there but i was just like hey i noticed you were in these bands back in the day that i still listen to um i was just kind of wondering if a you're still playing music and b if you possibly needed a drummer or you know anyone that needs a drummer. Right. Just really hoping that something Something he was involved in needed a drummer. Um, To be involved with that. Well, that's the great thing about being a drummer is
0: everybody needs a drummer.
1: Yeah. So like he wrote back like pretty quickly. He was really responsive and he was like, "Uh, yeah, we actually need a drummer right now. Um, So we met up, me and um, Sean, Mm -hmm. the guitarist slash vocalist. Uh, he was in Early Grace, Guilt Maker, Fathers, uh, great bands. I've always loved his bands, too. Um, we all just ended up meeting at Blue Goose one night for some beers, and the rest is history. Did they have the name? Did they have the concept? Did they have, I mean, was there, do you discuss sound? Do you discuss styles? Do you discuss any of that stuff? Kind of. Um, they didn't really have a name or anything yet. They were playing with, like, two other guys that were just not working um, out. Um, as good of musicians as they were at the time and they weren't really progressing so that's why they were getting bummed out and looking elsewhere right they just knew i think that they wanted to be in a heavy band once again sure um so they were just exploring that again so are you the youngest guy in the band no not not right now okay but after dave came into the picture we had a lineup change last year okay Uh, but after dave came in the picture he's like just nearly months younger than i am but he was in guilt maker with sean as well
0: so i mean it, i would have to I, you know trying to put myself in that position coming into this band with people who are your heroes and people that you had listened to i mean what better welcoming committee could you have to florida and just kind of you made the right decision and your move and all these types of oh, things for sure um so that first now i i know there's the two lps were there any eps before that first one so you guys oh, went right into those two yeah
1: it was crazy because um, we had. um recorded we had only played a few shows maybe two or three shows at best before we recorded that first ep uh with the bird skull on it. yeah and that was our demo wow that was our demo I mean, you and you guys came came ready made just yeah. out of water yeah and dan was just like i'm gonna press this on vinyl that's badass i'm like great so yeah. we don't even have to like bother with the demo we'll just go ahead and do this thing what year is this about uh this was s- september 2018 okay yeah and then so did you guys tour a lot on that album i mean did you get a lot no no i mean we honestly can't tour that extensively as a band um you know our members have careers and some have kids and
0: is there some is there is there some crossover with reversal of man and meat Wound? is there some
1: line there um no not musically but dan the singer of meat Wound, he was the one that um Put out our first record. Okay. Okay. And then he helped. Um, do. And does he live somewhere else? Race. Like in the Midwest or something? Yeah. He lives. Well, he lives in Richmond, Virginia. Okay. Okay. He just moved up there okay. last year. Maybe that's
0: what I'm thinking about. So just because of the schedules and all that other stuff, there wasn't a lot of touring.
1: Yeah. And I mean, when Mike, our um, former vocalist, was in the band, uh, we did a week uh, up in the Midwest and partial East Coast. And it was a great... Experience. We had a lot of fun and did really well somehow. But uh, yeah, so we've done a week of touring. Um, we've done tons of weekends out. Like yeah. we'll do weekends forever. Sure. Like long weekends are fine. Um, but now like Mike couldn't do as much as we could. Like we were pushing for like two weeks for that tour. Right. Uh, he could only do one. Right. I like I can do one week a year. That's what I can promise you. And we're like, oh man. Just a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, no fault of his own. He's basically got his own business pretty much and a wife and a kid, you know, kids at home. Um, it's a tease. Uh, it leaves you want more and a little bit of a... Uh, exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. that week was so great. We were yeah. just like, we could have done one more week. Sure.
0: Yeah. So, tell me about writing the new album and, I mean, call it new. It's been... Has it been out a year yet? Or, I mean, it was it was... It, it, summer it's of September, last year, September. OK, be the year, yeah. OK, because I just remember this kind of, you know, you guys, Yashira, there's a couple other albums that all just kind of came out in succession. And I was just like, holy shit, man, these are just all bangers and people it's like crazy really have got this uh, intense. I mean, Florida's got such a such a strong, deep roster of really just awesome bands that are I putting mean. out amazing albums. Um. So that album,
1: what was the process like writing that? I mean, did you guys We just a- actually started writing the songs um, in 2019 and we just kept going from there. We're, we kind of have like a slower process just because we we practice once a week Yeah. for the most part for, you know, three hours, four hours if we can. And so the writing process, we just want to make sure like we like the songs before we decide that they're complete right um so that takes a little bit of time we don't have any deadlines you know we're not a big band so it's like we can take our time and make sure we like the songs before you don't have
0: released. a label like you know tapping right. their
1: watch exactly looking, looking at the clock no we're not like signed signed so now there are kind
0: of different tastes in the band musically speaking like is there this guy yeah. this guy you know they're kind of always
1: trying to figure out where you guys are going to fall in that spectrum i mean we all agree what we're doing is what we want to be doing musically. Um, But of course, you know, there's a lot of varying tastes within the band. Sure. Like we all agree on a lot of stuff. Right. Like, let's see. We'll agree on like a lot of 80s goth. Yeah. We'll agree on a lot of 90s hardcore or like crust. Um But there's other stuff like fringes, certain bands yeah. or certain just sounds that, not all of us are on board with. Of course, we'll make fun of each other for days about it. Right, like, right, right. You know, Jeff likes some country stuff and like, um, Sean likes some, I don't know, overly, overly give me shit, fancy give me shit. stuff. Yeah, huh, yeah, yeah. That, you know, I'll make fun of, but I've, he's really poked me onto a lot of this stuff. So I appreciate that because I need some mellow music every now and then.
0: How has your drumming evolved? I mean, uh, do you do you feel that you're always kind of sharpening your sword or do
1: you have you just developed a style that you're kind of comfortable with or it's yeah, I mean, I never took any lessons or, you know, never I was never like taught by anyone how to do what I do. I just kind of evolved over time and you know, I'd like to think I'm sufficient at w- what I do now. Right. But like, yeah, it's definitely challenging. Um Sean's an amazing guitar player and so is Dave. We have Dave in the band now. Um he was just kind of going around with us to our shows and selling our merch. He was a friend of ours right. and when Mike left the band, um he just came in as a second guitar player and contributed to um backup vocals as well and like we're just tighter than ever. So like that makes me need to step my game up because they're just so amazing as musicians. Right. So that makes me want to be even better every day now so like that's great motivation and and i'm just i'm so glad that like i'm in a band with them because they're just sean and dave for instance like amazing guitar players and they complement each other so well and we're just ready to like unleash that now because it's a, it's a different chapter you know but you didn't really get to play this album
0: have you played this live i mean you, you m- might have had two shows since things have started kind of reopen ha- haven't you they I mean, got one coming up like in a week or two right our
1: shows yeah oh we have one in august okay cuz I, I i know i've seen one advertised a lot lately yeah we've got one coming up in august okay. that's more or less our album release i sure, guess sure yeah We haven't announced it that way but that's the first time the record's going to be like in physical format a show right um but yeah like there are certain songs like holy lies and a couple others that we've been playing since like 2019 right early 2020 so those have been pounded out a bunch Um, but as far as like playing just exclusively newer songs we haven't done that
0: right and what's your process like are you always playing rudiments are you stretching a lot are you like doing stuff to kind of improve yourself when you're not in practice or is it kind of you pour it all into when before you're together
1: so i do like i mentioned before i do have to exercise yeah the um, cardio at least do a little cardio every day just to like feel alive and you know have energy and whatnot um so i have my like morning routine right um which helps a lot and then if we are pra- if I practice my drums I, I try to practice by myself sure. it's just not as fun yeah, it's and hard. it's not as fulfilling right emotionally and mentally um but when I do practice by myself um I'll just practice some like old hardcore songs that I really like that just pop into my brain and I'll just like play those for fun and then I'll try to play some horsewhip songs that I know we have coming up like in our um set for the august show like i'll try to concentrate on those as well
0: what about your breathing like is that something you work on at all or is that something that just kind of
1: second nature for you um i think that's only when i'm like exercising yeah not playing drums right when i'm playing drums it's just complete chaos i don't don't even think leaning leaning right into it half the time i'm screaming or spitting or
0: and as far as I, you know, I had Dimitri Stuyanovich in here and he's a drummer now for Meat Wound and he's played for a bunch of other stuff. But I was, I always like asking drummers how they write music for songs and, you know, they each have their own process. But it was funny. He's like, well, I name this part this and I say that times three and I do name this part that, that times two. And you just kind of come up with names for it. And
1: yeah, we've got whiteboards in the practice room right now that it's like, uh, we practice it's like football routes. So it's like, Guitar speak, guitarist speak versus drummer speak. Right. Completely different. Different. Yeah. Um, so, you know, guitarists will be like, well, what about that part? And I'm like, no, it's the, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever part. And it's, you're looking outside of hilarious.
0: yourself. I'm sure. Yeah.
1: So like for one of our newer songs, for instance, we have this like separate whiteboard where we're like, when we're writing out songs, like two times, uh, melodic part and then three times pissed off part and then two times again, melodic part. And then one time, whatever part whatever, yeah. it is. That's the speak we can agree on. Sure. And we just write it and we're like, so we can remember the pattern. Right. It's ridiculously funny. Now,
0: are you going to shows outside of the ones that you're playing in? I mean, do you like going to see live music? Oh God. Yeah. So I always like to kind of ask people about their highlight, their highlight shows. You know, there's the first, the favorite or just highlight shows. What are some of the ones that stand out?
1: I will tell you that the first concert show, whatever I saw ever, was Michael Jackson. Okay. Thriller tour. Uh, no, sorry. Bad tour. Okay. Uh, 1987 Market Square Arena in Indianapolis, Indiana. Oh, wow. Scared the living shit out of me because I was just like six years old, I think. Right. And... uh yeah it was i mean michael jackson's
0: a fucking rad first show to go to it was, it's hard to top we were in like the second row too oh wow did he like wave you up or he actually shook my hand <laughs> did he really yeah oh wow who opened it was just michael jackson It was just him
1: and that's you know he because he would have like fucking prince sh- open or madonna open or the bc boy you know i'm sure it was like a two three hour show yeah if I'm mistaken yeah yeah.
0: yeah wow well that's a pretty rad first show favorite show and you don't have to, I mean, you can give me five favorite. I don't give a shit. I mean, give it. me some of them. Um, give me a great assets.
1: I don't know. Uh, his hero has gone. Um, it was amazing. Um, Lord, I did too many drugs as a teenager. <laughs> um, I will have to say 400 years was a big standout love that band amazing live band um anytime i got to see like the chicago bands any of them it doesn't matter like mk ultra charles bronson los crudos los crudos still one of my favorite bands ever um very important band to this day um just some of the most intense shows i've ever seen involved los crudos um what about favorite you played in well, a lot of those were with us with, with those bands yeah. yeah yeah especially when i was in Tech. um you know that's the first time i had gotten to see like page 99 or 400 years um yeah so many classic hardcore bands like along the way like not real like real hardcore to me is not you know hate breed or like crisis right. yeah. it's like the basement bands like the you know screamer chaotic bands that were just all about like just release it wasn't about like oh let's get this crowd to mosh and x up our hands and you know be macho for an hour right was more about bands that were just like this is how we stay alive because this is our release
0: so it being your release when you're when you're in it when you're in your groove i mean are you just completely blank i mean are you are you having to reach for things to give you that kind of that power to 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 do your art or, or are you just blank blanked out zoned out in your mind when you're drumming Well, like what's going through your head
1: um it depends on the situation like if it if we're if we're writing it's kind of like you know i'm talking about when you're playing li- i want to know oh, all of it in life yeah yeah oh really it's just yeah i just kind of zone out i mean you've probably played it by so many
0: so many times by that point it's muscle memory and it's just kind of happening
1: yeah it's it's just for me at least it's just pure catharsis it's just release it's not about music at that point it's just yeah muscle memory like my body may be playing the music but in my brain it's just like this is the best feeling ever right it doesn't matter who's do you get nervous beforehand uh sometimes yeah but not really i mean at this point When I was younger, I used to. I used to have, like, a trash can next to me and I'd puke (laughs) every now and then. Yeah, yeah. Um, But, yeah. Like, now it's just kind of, like, more of a personal inward thing. Um, More of a spiritual experience, I guess. Sure. Honestly. What
0: about after? Do you get, like, the adrenaline dump or just kind of chill out? Yeah, that's the
1: worst part, I swear to God. Um, Every time playing a show, it's, like, the best thing when you're doing it. But then you have to come down and then you have to, like, take your stuff off the stage and break it down and pack it up and put it in the van. That's the worst part. But, I mean, it's it's totally worth it. So the,
0: the juice is still I'd worth the squeeze. i do it every day of my life yeah. if I could. Um, is there anything on the horizon for you outside of Horse Whip? I mean, do you have any designs on any side projects or any other kind of
1: outlets creatively? creatively? Uh, somewhat. I mean, there. Uh, I have a neighbor. Uh, his name is Nick. Um, He's in a band called Cotfire. Okay. kind of like a gruff poppy punk band. I sure. guess you could say they're like fest style yeah. punk. Um, but we kind of uh, collaborated on th- uh, his band was doing like these online covers during COVID and they were just putting out covers that they right. recorded from their homes and yeah. um, like 90s. I love like
0: the Song two minutes covers. to midnight where they're, they get all the people from different bands and they're doing like a lot of the yeah. roundabout by rush or do something random. And
1: yeah. And they were, um, uh, he had approached me and is you know, we just live in the same neighborhood. He was like, well, what, what do you think about this music? And I'm like, well, yeah, we're on the same page as far as like nineties, stupid mainstream sure. rock. That is a straight weakness of mine. Um, so I ended up singing a cover of, uh, oh, wow. uh a sponge song, um, human wreckage. Okay. Or is that what it's called? I don't know. Whatever song, you t-
0: know, I world, remember human sponge. Wreckage. I don't remember their, their big, you know, tracks or whatever. But it was but, that
1: big yeah, single yeah. that was an empire record yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. So I, I sing on that for him. Had you sang before? Um, I like singing. Okay. It's never something I've done. Like I did a descendants cover band really in annapolis like years ago really um sing for that oh wow and it was like awesome you ever sing hope it. huh did you ever do cover hope we never did okay i love that song though. yeah i do too love descendants yeah
0: i mean that that's an interesting uh those are interesting shoes to inhabit i mean milo you know yeah you know, you've seen a documentary where you know that's it's, it's mm-hmm. crazy crazy history there Um, how do you find as a gay man in the hardcore scene? Like, do you find it to be accepting to you? Have you ever run into any kind of, you know, the, the meathead type of contingent of the hardcore scene that give you any guff or just been no issues?
1: You know, it's so weird, you know, and I, in all my years, I think, I think what the thing is why I've never had as much trouble as others is because. I think people see me as more of like just another guy yeah or like kind of just you know i wouldn't say butch but like i'd say you know that the term would be straight acting right um which it's it's not an act i'm just saying.
0: yeah <laughs> um, you are yeah
1: but you know i think that's been my saving grace for so long um from being the receiving end of a lot of hatred right um, as far as being gay for so long, um, just because I probably just, you know, blend in with everyone else ultimately. Well, the music, you know, I think it
0: gets a bad rap. You look at a lot of like the New York hardcore, some of these things, and it's always these kind of more skinheady, you know, aggro guys. And, but a lot of the people that I have met in the scene are fans of the music. Don't, don't worry about the sound, just break it. it. Um, are some of the nicest, most, you're fine with whatever. The some, some of the nicest, most accepting people in the world. So, you know, I always joke, do you know Achilles Domestico? He, uh, say that I do. Okay. He's a uh, blade of sir. He, he's an interesting character. You should, you should follow him. But I mean, he, he does like these black metal albums and they're just, you know, sounds like the devil, but literally just a beautiful, gentleman of a guy you know yeah, yeah. and i always love what a kind of duality there is to the music and how these people are in the day-to-day life so uh but anyway but i, I who's is it is it sean reinard who is it the drummer for like um uh, cynic and he was in death he just okay. died recently amazing amazing musician yeah but he was a gay man as well Absolutely. in the yeah and i mean just amazing. massive love for him yeah so
1: but that's the other thing it's um you know that's why i feel kind of not guilty but just I just feel so awful for uh, my allies, Um, whether I've known them or not. They're still my allies. Any queer musician that's ever been involved in the punk, hardcore metal scenes, um, it can be really hard for some people. Um, I just was really fortunate. I've never been on the receiving end of a lot of that. Um, But, you know, there are a lot of bands out there that. You know, members have come out along the way, and it's really paved the way for a lot of other people to be able to feel safe. Right. Within the scene and feel comfortable with who they are. Um, You know, Martine from Los Crudos. um, The singer Boy Sets Fire. Um, He came out, like, really early on. And I think that helped a lot of people out. Um, You know, there were lesbian bands like uh, Tribe 8. Right back in the day who were amazing live by the way yeah um slayed and uh just there were so many people that made waves for people like me to be able to be who we are within the punk hardcore metal scenes um i think we've 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 got a long way to come um as far as trans acceptance right um i think that's really unfortunate um But I think we're getting there little by little. Uh, It's very important that we support our trans allies um, as much as our gay allies, gay and lesbian. Um, And, you know, if everybody can get a little better about their their pronouns. um... Well, in music, music seems to be the the
0: lane that that happens first. It's always kind of that, you know, that's kind of where the groundbreaking kind of change is coming and then everything else kind of follows suit as it becomes popular for whoever this person is to come out or for whatever the, then, then kind of society follows behind it. So, I mean, that's, that's one of the great things about music is anytime there's been a change socially, it seems like that's kind of been the instigator behind it. So
1: of course, yeah, the music is always the breaking ground. Right. Um, And then there's discussion later, you know, like more than music fest in Columbus, Ohio was a big thing in the 90s. Like they would not only have a festival of music, they would have a uh, series of workshops where people would talk about important issues such as, you know, veganism, um, animal rights.
0: Now, are you vegan? I know some of the people in your van- band are, are you as well?
1: Yeah. And then, um, you know, I've fallen off the wagon a few times over the years, but I, I really am striving to make it a lifetime sure. commitment at this point in my life. Um, but, uh, our bassist, Jeff runs, uh, dogs, vegan hot dog cart. Right. 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 With his wife, Jenny, um, yeah. they're fully committed to the community as well. Um, and their company's great. Like everybody loves not dogs. Like right. They, I know Paul was talking about having them at the uh, show. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. They, they do fest now. Right. And they, are you guys playing in fest
0: this year? Yeah. Yeah. Have you played before? Yeah, we did 2018. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so what else do you have coming up on the, on the, you've got, Fast, you've got the other show that we were just talking about.
1: Yeah, so August twenty eighth, we're playing at Wild Roots in their back lot okay. outside. Um, Colonial Wound, uh, good friends of ours. We did like a small weekend tour with them. Okay, back in two thousand nineteen. Um, great band, amazing musicians and people. Um, they're coming from Jacksonville to play the show with us. Okay. And Elliot's band Wreath is opening as well as Ricky from um Reality Asylum's new project, Ephemera Black. Okay. Uh they're playing as well. Uh we're doing that uh Saturday, August 28th at Wild Roots. Okay. Fest. Um I can't talk about like one of the things that's coming up because it's kind of a special project. Tell me it's not fair. completely official yet. <laughs> um but we are I think I can say this part if I hope my bandmates don't get mad at me. But uh, we are recording a few songs, few new songs in July. Oh, wow. Um, at Warhouse, okay. Warhouse Recordings. Okay. Warhouse. I always get the name wrong. Yeah. It's a very small studio. Well, that's um, exciting. That's where like Yashira sure, yeah. Colonial Wound records. It's yeah. um, um, Seth Howard from Yashira's brother Okay. runs the studio. Okay um r.i.p. Seth amazing drummer amazing drummer i can't believe he's gone so much love to him and his memory uh but anyway his brother owns that studio we're going there for the first time um to record some new songs in july uh, that's which will be part of a something project yeah that's pretty special to us
0: who are some of your guys today we talked about early on you know tommy lee and all that who are some of your drummers today
1: well, I, I was hoping you bring that up because I really wanted to, like, talk about drummers that influenced me uh, to play the kind of music I play now. Sure. So, I definitely want to hit upon um, Andrew Gormley. Okay. He was in Rorschach playing Enemy. Um, he was either in Dead Guy or Kiss Goodbye. I think it was Kiss Goodbye. Um, amazing drummer. Um see Dead Guy's playing it in like, Decibel whatever the... Yeah, I, th- I think he was in Kiss Goodbye, though, not okay. Dead Guy. I okay. get those bands mixed okay. up for some reason. Okay. But he was definitely in Rorschach, one of my favorite bands to this day. um, For sure, I would say um, the drummer for Yauja. Okay. um, It's more... That new album's fucking sick. A current influence. Yeah. yeah. That drummer is... I don't know. He's younger than I am, but he just... Do you find age at all weighing in yet? Or not? Not at all. It yeah. just it just, <laughs> it just makes me want to quit. Yeah. Because these younger guys are coming in and they're like... I don't know. They have like jazz influences and they have all these other outside influences that maybe I don't. I'm more like of a primitive.
0: Are there frontiers in in drumming that haven't been, you know, inspected yet? I mean, is there, you know, I I know, I guess intuitively I know that there is, but I'm just like, what's kind of the thing now? Like, is there, you know, in, in this type of music, is it more of a jazz thing? I mean, that's not even that new because you know, you look at like Dillinger escape plan and Botch and all these other bands that kind of started the math core thing, which kind of put the, the jazzy drums into oh, heavy music. But yeah. like, where do you see the kind of periphery, the kind of new frontiers and drumming and, and, and heavy music?
1: Um, it's really all about. And see that that's, that's where this practice thing comes in. Like yeah. You have to, I mean, and, honestly music has never been about musicianship to me i mean i appreciate really good musicians right but i've never been like one of those disciplined practicers that I, i don't practice by myself a lot i try to but i do appreciate great drummers and they have influenced me along the way um but those are the kind of drummers if they're gonna like make some noise about themselves in the digital age yeah i mean that's obviously where that's going these are musicians that they will sit down and they, you know, they make their videos on I, IG and YouTube. And I'm beating you, by the way. I'm on number three. <laughs> All right, Go ahead. But yeah, these drummers that are coming out these days are just amazing. And I feel like I can't keep up. Like I'm an old man now.
0: So like. Have you seen the uh, Slave to the Grind documentary, the Grindcore documentary?
1: Yes, unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately, didn't like it or unfortunately? It was awful. Oh, I really? Mean, <laughs> they hit upon some really important bands and some really important people um at the same time they focused way too much on the trash that is anal cunt. yeah and they're racist nazi homophobic singer um i just like the part with pedro sandoval i like where the guy in plf
0: was showing all the different blast beats he's on a it.
1: wonderful influence yeah on me I, yeah i love old school morbid angel yeah um, i think they're a perfect representation of old school death metal right um yeah. And they, you know, Terrorizer was obviously an amazing band. Still right. is. I'm not sure if they're technically still a band. He put out an album not too long
0: ago. Yeah. I don't know. You know better than I would. Fosk Elliott. I will bring in, we'll phone a friend next door. He he would know.
1: Yeah. But I'll, I'll tell you what, like, I love some Grind. I love, you know, Napalm Death, Insect Warfare, Discordance Axis. Yeah. Those are the big ones, but I like a lot of, like, more obscure Grind bands, too. I'm pretty picky about Grind, but I cannot blast worth the shit I'll tell you that right yeah, now yeah yeah I can't do that shit yeah um I'm more of a like a D beat driven kind sure. of like screamo chaotic kind of style but I do respect drummers that can definitely do that because I cannot and I don't play double bass <laughs> I don't know how to never taught myself how many pieces do you play now five okay so I still have two rock toms which yeah. I get made fun of for oh yeah uh, especially by Rob Sexton oh really of slap of reality sure He's like, take off that rack, Tom. And I'm like, it's not the 80s. And I'm like, look, this is how I played ever since I started when I was 11. Right. Right. This is what I do. Rob's
0: everybody's conscious. He's just the little devil over your shoulder whispering in your ear about. Eh, yeah. that's heartless. Whatever. <laughs> no, I, 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 I somehow I've developed this like uh tradition of bashing rob but because he won't come on the show i've i've pretty much
1: worked my way through slap of reality i've got a couple more i got to have on but like I, for for someone to be more cynical and jaded than myself i yeah. mean he takes the cake for sure but he's turned it into like so will give him form. some shit have you seen him lately i have not he's a wisp of a man he's, he's just
0: a like little thin a little twig it's like a boy band he looks like a uh, justin timberlake or we something need to come up with a new nickname for that guy yeah twiggy or something yeah um, well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate you making the trek over the bridge. I hopefully the beer was, you know, at least covered some of the gas money. Uh, <laughs> I'm
1: still no problem. I'm uh, you introduced me to probably my new favorite brewery
0: that's awesome magnanimous brewing yeah you got to meet mike and i i'm trying to get them to do a signature can for the uh teenage bottle rocket show because he's a big teenage bottle rocket fan and they're oh nice doing that show at the spot so uh finding you guys on social media live horsewhip there's an ig page there's a facebook page what's the website is it horse- it's Bandcamp, but it's
1: horsewhip fl okay. HorsewhipFlorida florida.com and there's some new project in the works that we can't talk about. Yeah. There's a new release that we're planning on. It's been in the works for um, since before COVID, just an idea with some friends um, that'll see the light of day when it does yeah. <laughs> probably sometime next year. Like, um, like I said, we're recording some new songs in July and have that one show and fest coming up and it's about it for the foreseeable future. Um, I'm so other than stoked. That, I can't really re- reveal anything else. But. Yeah.
0: Everybody's secret. Like every, everybody comes in here and they've got all these little hush hush things that I, you know, I'm bursting at the seams to be able to talk about. But I, I'm, I'm so stoked that live music is back. Uh, I mean, obviously we're kind of easing our way into it, but like Elliot's playing on Friday night. Um, you know, there's a bunch of shows coming up and, uh, I can't wait to see you guys. I, I there's, you know, that's something I can't talk about but I know that there's shows (laughs) that Elliot's wanting to play in and all these other things Uh, before we close shop you want to say anything to anybody shout out to
1: anybody to the hubster or anybody at all um not that I can think of no like I just want to say that I'm just so glad that everything's starting to like life is coming back right everybody that I know is starting to get stoked on life again you know shows are coming back music's coming back and it's just like oh You know it's such a relief i
0: I just think it's awesome and i I, i'm I'm beating a dead horse here and i hate to talk about it all the time but literally i feel like now is the time for what you guys do because you know the the national acts that maybe or, or you know you know at least parts of the country touring that you guys might have been playing with now People are going to go to see you. You guys are going to be the headliners because no one else is coming to town. So, like, it depends on you guys to keep it alive. And I really think there's going to be this kind of resurgence behind local music. And with Florida, I just, I want to get the word out how strong of a hardcore, you know, the the music in Florida is just amazing. You know, that's all up and down from Jacksonville to Miami. And I, I just don't, I just don't know. You know, how well known that is outside of Florida. I mean, I maybe you know. I mean, when you guys play outside of Florida, do people
1: know who you are or? um I I think they did yeah. on that that one tour that we sure. did in 2019, Yeah, was because a lot of the people knew of, well, mainly <laughs> Jeff's four right bands. Right, right, right. Um, maybe early Grace. Early Grace is very obscure but well known. Um, which another band I love a lot from the nineties um but yeah i I think that was a lot of it like name dropping right um you know that was unfortunately one of the things that helped us out a lot um but it helped and it served its purpose and i don't think we have to do that anymore um no you guys for sure have your own identity now i mean but a lot of the people that were booking shows for us and doing stuff for us they were like old friends of any of the band members right like yes you have a new project we'll help you out so that that i mean we. Oh, it all to like old friends, right? For you know, just giving us any sort of recognition that we receive right now, like being such a small band. So,
0: I just think between uh, an emphasis on local music and then you guys finally getting to be able to play that album live. It's just such a huge thing. I mean, it it was one of my favorite albums of last year. And, you know, the fact that it came out, you know, so many great albums came out either right at the beginning or during that. And it's like, well, what do we do
1: with this? You know? It was a tough call. Yeah. um, Between us and our friends that were trying to put out records at the same time, um, it was a scheduling thing. It's like, okay, so some of them were had their albums recorded. And they were like, well, should we shelf it for two years or, yeah. it f- until we know what's going on right. until things are safe. And then a lot of us were just like, fuck it. Yeah. Like we could, we have to get this out there. Yeah. Like, we're burning and itching for. And the
0: reception was like pretty resoundingly amazing. Right. I mean. For us. Yeah. For that new album. Um,
1: I mean, for being like a tiny band. Yeah. Like. I mean, we really couldn't vast for more. I mean... You say tiny band though, but I, I
0: mean, I feel like in the context of Florida, like you guys are top tier. I mean, you guys are like right there at the top. I mean, you and Yashira, you know, so much of what I know about is filtered through Elliot. So what he tells me about, but I mean, those are two of the albums from Florida bands that just, you know, we talked about all last year. Well, Yashira, I mean, they're God tier but he chance. well but but we talk about you guys in that in that same sentence so i mean i i just think
1: well i appreciate that yeah but yeah i mean it was just leading up to it we had recorded the album in december of 2019 and then we we're like what do we do now right get ants in your pants you got to put it out and let the people yeah. hear it and so we just put it together and like the guy who put it out which is that was another like Bucket list thing, for sure, me right there. Like, I'm a huge assuck fan. I'm wearing their shirt right now, by the way. Um, but Paul, um, I'm not sure where he came along in the lineup. I think he was the original singer or maybe the second singer before Steve Heritage did guitar and vocals. I don't know, but he was on Anti Capital. He was on, um, I think he was on the Blind Spot EP, if I'm not mistaken. Sometimes him and Steve Heritage sound alike, whatever.
0: Anyway, 40, the forties are,
1: are a motherfucker, man. Your brain just right. So that's all that yeah. matters. He was on Anti Capital, yeah. one of the first like grind albums that really blew my mind. Aside from some Napalm Death stuff, right? Um, he was the one that put out our record, our last record um, on Roman Numeral. He's right. a small label, and he really did put some PR into it. And um, you know, he did a great job with coordinating everything. And like for someone from Up... To release a record by one of my bands. I mean, I was just like total geek fanboy about it. But that's awesome. Yeah, that was really cool too. And um, I think for a band that doesn't tour a lot and that cannot tour a lot, I think we could have gotten as much out of it as we possibly could right right then. Sure. But now that we're starting to play shows again, we can actually sell physical copies live. Right. Um, so that's a relief because right. we have boxes right in my closet um ready to go so who who are some of your favorites that you're listening
0: to who's on heavy rotation for you right now um as far as current bands yeah. well it can be old bands that you're just listening to a lot i mean fleetwood mac and fucking it's it's a mix yeah yeah it's a total mix Do you ever go outside of the band driven
1: type of music i mean l.a gets into hip-hop pretty
0: you know heavily
1: if yeah, if we're talking about like stuff that you wouldn't think that I would listen to, I'm a huge Jose Gonzalez fan. Okay, uh, he's got a new album coming out, which I'm really excited about. Uh, Liz fair. Just put out, she album be, yeah, album she just, Friday. yeah, yeah. Excited about that. I think I think you introduced me to that. Yeah, you're yeah, like yeah, I was yeah. Just like I didn't even hear about this. Sure, right. Um, but as far as like the day to day, it just depends on what mood I'm in. Like, yeah. Like on the way here, I was listening to No Man. Uh, great hardcore band out of DC, right? Um, that's playing Fest this year as well. Um, that lineup's tight,
0: man. I can't wait. This will yeah. be my first one. I, you know, I'm I'm, I'm friends with Greg from uh, Wolfface, and they always do one night of originals, and then they do a cover night. Like the before COVID, they did the Misfits, and they're doing another pretty popular cover night. This, you know, so I I'm pretty stoked about that. And then of course, Elliot's playing, Dave Decker, Big Sad's playing, Keith Olray's playing. So, a lot of local guys are going up there. It's going to be
1: pretty mad. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would, I'm just probably going to be just, like, lost in But fucking the Sunday, the Sunday is yeah. Halloween. Is it always Halloween, the Sunday night? It's always on Halloween weekend or the closest oh. thing to it. So, you know, with that's kids, what I know that's, about that's it. That's
0: where it's tough is with kids because, yeah. you know. At a certain point, I got to be a dad before I'm Kinda a take them punk rocker. Train. Yeah. Yeah. Alex, it was a pleasure. You're an amazing individual. You're an amazing drummer. I love your art. I love your band. I love what you do. I love the fact that you've somehow forged a life in this world, which is not easy to do. Uh, you know, everything works against you to kind of do your art and continue to do your art and and break new ground in your art. But I I can't tell you how stoked I was last week to get a message from you that you're willing to come in because, you know, Elliot started here in January. But before that, he and I were buds. And I was telling you before I met Elliot, I, I didn't have anybody introducing me to stuff. But now Elliot kind of like every day is something new. And he put me on to you guys. and And, you know, I thank God every day that he did well the proverbial god every day that he did
1: yeah he's a great guy Love so, Elliot. he's one of our friends for sure
0: i really appreciate you coming in it was nice to meet you thank i wish you the best you so of luck hopefully you guys will come back in sometime uh, maybe after the next thing or yeah you know next year when we see how things are going all right
1: i really appreciate the time
0: all right you take care
1: thank you